Are you or someone you know struggling to have a child? Be empowered, encouraged, and uplifted by attending St. Louis's largest family building conference, Gateway to Parenthood, Saturday, March 9th, 2019. Meet others who have had to travel similar paths to parenthood. Gain knowledge of available options to parenthood, including advanced treatment technologies, third-party reproduction, embryo adoption, and more. Powerful, inspiring presenters, exhibitors, and your chance to win one of many attendance prizes, including a free IVF treatment. Learn more and register to attend at gatewaytoparenthood.com. And thank you for joining me again on this edition of Focus on Fertility. I'm your host, Dale Bader. Well, this week we are going to conclude our story of flip-flops in Kiev as we sit down with Jay Nault on his story of surrogacy internationally done in Kiev about a year or so ago. And in this week's episode, we're going to find out how Jay is actually able to finally bring home their baby twins back to the United States. That in itself sounds like a simple process, but as Jay explains, it was still yet an exciting part of their journey. So please tune in. And if you missed last week's episode, please, you can tune in by going to iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Podcast One, as well as our website at FocusOnFertility.net to tune in to Episode One. So after he had recovered and both babies were released to you guys, was that the process then, that, or began the process then of bringing them home to the United States? Is that when you had to go to the embassy? or No, he couldn't. We wanted to do that, had everything gone well, immediately after they were born, because there's a process there too. We have to go to the embassy, the U.S. Embassy in Kiev, and have a DNA test done. And that DNA test kit has to be administered at the embassy. They can't do it at the hospital, because we looked into that then that kit has to be sent back to the United States to one of the clinics, or I'm sorry, testing laboratories that the embassy approves. And the one that we chose was one here in San Diego. I don't know why, but we did. And then that test is done. It's sent back to the embassy. The, um, you know, it comes back, yes, they are in fact our kids. And then we file the application for what's called the CRBA, which is the Consular Report of Birth Abroad. In essence, what that is, is the announcement that an American citizen has been born in another country. So we had to have the DNA test. We also had to have the Ukrainian birth certificate, which was in itself an experience getting that at the local hall of records. And uh, <laughs> because, again, we had no idea what anybody was saying. And uh, we presented that to the embassy. The problem, though, was the DNA test was done on a Wednesday in July. The national independence holiday that I spoke about earlier was Thursday, so that was it for the week. So the test was scheduled for 4 o'clock, I believe, or 4.30 on that Wednesday at the end of the day. We finally, after having our uh, agency rep (laughs) being told that you're going to follow us around to get this done, lobbying the the hospital to allow us to have uh, our boys out just for the DNA test, we bring them right back, we promise. This is after Mickey was off off the tubing, so it was a little better. Uh, They allowed us to do that, as long as the head doctor of that uh, unit, who turned out to be, frankly, the angel of this whole process, because once she bonded with us a bit, she really did watch out for us. And we had to take an ambulance to the embassy. So, of course, the ambulance shows up late because they only have one ambulance for the whole hospital. So we get into this ambulance at the hospital, and it's one of those old 1970s type of ambulances. You can just see that it's an old school vehicle from the outside. 
we get in, sit down, still haven't really seen the babies. And there are these old seat belts that you put on where they don't expand or retract. They just kind of are there, and you tighten them. So the, the doctor, the head doctor, is motioning us to sit down, and, and we get our seat belts on, we figure that out. We look at each other, and where are the babies? Well, they bring them out, and they're, they look like, as I, said, I may have mentioned, Star Wars characters because of all the wrappings they have on, even though it was an 80-degree warm summer day. And they just hand us the babies. And we're looking around like, uh, where are the car seats? <laughs> oh, there no. She just shakes her head. No, no car seat. And by that time, the agency rep had come to know that we don't. That's not how it's done here. You just hold them. <laughs> so we went through about five minutes of the doctor teaching us how to properly hold the babies, and it reminded me of a football coach because it was basically hind tight, <laughs> old hind tight. And oh, by the way, put your feet out as far in front of you as you can and keep them flat on the floor. <laughs> Why? Why? Well, we're behind and we have to hurry. Oh. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, so we take off in the siren, or I mean, in the ambulance, and it's rush hour in Kiev, and the, the embassy's on the outskirts of town, and the, you know we're right downtown, so we have to get all the way out of the city. It's a big city; it's about four million people, and we're not going to make it. It's obvious based on our early pace; it's just not going to happen. So on come the sirens. We're cutting through over medians. We're going—I don't know how fast—but we are bouncing up and down bouncing, bouncing, bouncing like a, like a roller coaster, driving over medians, driving the wrong way down streets, just, just cutting across things that I can't believe we cut across, just blowing through intersections. <laughs> we were terrified, terrified. I looked at Tiffany about halfway through, holding my baby behind tight, making sure she's doing the same, and I just said, this is pretty messed up right here. <laughs> she just said, wow. So we're coming up to the embassy, and it's almost the end of the day, and he's not slowing down. I mean, we're now kind of off the highway, I guess for lack of a better word, going through sort of a residential area, leading up to the embassy, sirens blaring, full speed, screeches up to the front door of the embassy, and you can see the guards watching us coming. Like, what is this? What's going on here? There's an ambulance stops. I jump out immediately, trying to explain to everybody who's on heightened alert now there are about 20 of them what's going on and I said it's okay it's okay I'm waving my one free arm holding the baby it's, we're just here for a DNA test meanwhile the, the ambulance guy still has a siren going and by this time I just turn around and scream at him turn off the effing siren <laughs> <laughs> oh right he turns off the siren gets out stands on the curb smokes a cigarette and we walk in and uh <laughs> All this led to the fact that despite the assurances that the DNA test will go out that day, because if it didn't, it's sitting there for five extra days until Monday, mm. the holiday the following day, uh, it would get there and get back, and we'd be all set. Because by this time, we had already, because of Mickey's problems, had to change our return flights three or four times, just based on speculation on how long the process would take. Well, lo and behold, Thursday, I'm looking on FedEx, tracking, tracking, tracking. Everything's still in Kiev. Still in mm. Kiev. Go figure. The thing sits there till Monday because somebody forgot to pick it up. We'll never figure out who. I don't really care. Uh, I, on the following Monday, immediately call the embassy. And the regulation generally was that they aren't going to issue the CRBA permit and therefore your temporary passport until they have the original test results back. Well, that just wasn't going to work. And one of the nicer people we met over there said, look, if the tester 
scanned a copy of the test and emails it directly to me with you copied, I will accept that, which saves us about three or four days, which every day mattered to try to get right. it out of there. Right. So that's what happened. Guess what? We're the parents. So they, they, they send the test back to the embassy. I go back over there with my uh, pre-approved uh, you-can-walk-in slip because you can't just walk into the embassy. You have to have an appointment, and you have to have documentation that you have an appointment. So he wrote me one of those the first time we were over there. I walk in. This is the day before we fly home. It's 4.45 p.m. again because it took all day because of another snafu that arose that we didn't realize. And he hands me the, the passports. And I broke down all the way home in the Uber because I couldn't believe we were going home. The journey was coming to an end. It was. But, again, we had another curveball that day. We had to have... Uh, not the names we had given them on the passport because <laughs> my last name is not, but my, I'm also the third. My dad's junior. My grandfather was the first. But So uh, my name, my given name that I put out on all the forms for the birth certificates specifically with James Grandall the third. Well, again, I can't read that when they print it out in Ukrainian, but in Ukraine they don't recognize suffixes. So instead of my name from their perspective being Nalt, comma, the third, it was just Nalt third. <laughs> so the birth certificates for the boys, uh, unbeknownst to us until the embassy people explained it to us, were, you know, James Grant Nalt the third, which made no sense, and Michael Philip Nalt the third, which made even less sense. But uh, the choice then was to either go through the Ukrainian court system and get it corrected, no, or just put the names on it. We'll change them legally when we get home. Mm-hmm. And I even told the embassy guy, yes, you can call them Elvis and Abbott and Costello for the past. <laughs> I don't care. I will deal with this in the court system in the United States. There's no way I'm dealing with this here. Right. So one final little hurdle to cover, one final little surprise, just based purely on cultural and language differences that we didn't know about. So all the way through the process, even as we're getting ready to go home, we're still stumbling into things that we didn't know existed. So how long did the entire process, from the time you started just the casual conversation uh, with the agency till the time you actually was able to bring your baby home to the United States, did it take? Uh, We had our initial lunch with the agency um, right around Christmas Day of 2015. We went over there for the first time end of January into February, I stayed into February, 2016. And then the boys were born, and we went over there for the final time in August of 2017. So a year and three quarters. Wow. All all told, door to door, so to speak. And how long were you there uh, when the babies were being born? How how far in advance did you get to be be there before they were born, and then how long were you there (laughs) afterwards? Well, that's also kind of throwing darts blindfolded because you don't know when they're going to be born. You know they're twins, so it's going to be early. It's not going to be 40 weeks. But they came even earlier than we had projected. And I was always the plan that I was going to go over there first because the way our division of labor worked is my wife would handle the medical things with the boys. I'd handle the legal things and the government things and the red tape things. So I wanted to get over there right away, get us moved into wherever we were staying, and get the ball rolling with the embassy and everything else. But we, I left on about two days' notice because they were coming way before we had even guessed. So I was there about, I would say, a week and a half before the boys were born. My wife showed up about three or four days after I did. And <laughs> there they were. So it was, uh, anyway, we were there. I was there for about 
Well, basically the entire month of August, plus a couple days into July. Uh, and they were born on August 11th, and we got we flew home. I think September 1st by the time we got home, because uh, it's it's not a short trip from Kiev to San Diego either. So it was about 24 hours door to door for that. Wow. Well, what advice now would you provide anybody that is thinking about uh, international surrogacy, whether it's in Kiev or, or any tips that you might have? Uh, I would just say, do your homework. Uh, I mean, there is we were fortunate, and, and, and frankly, probably a bit naive, but everything was on the up and up. You know, everybody there was no, you know, backroom dealings or anything that you probably expect in some cheap spy novel that I could speak of that, that I even noticed, maybe there were, but <laughs> just do your homework and, and be diligent. And, you know, check the agency out. Check the laws out as much as you can in the country where you're going because the number of countries where you can do this anymore is, is shrinking. You know, we were thinking very seriously of doing it in Mexico before we got started for obvious reasons. We live 30 miles from Mexico. But right before we started this first attempt, they outlawed it. Uh, I believe India is outlawing it. Now, some states and, and, and not states, countries are going the other way, but there are other restrictions involved, too. So, for instance, in Canada, where my wife is from, you're not allowed to pay a surrogate. So that, that's just, you can do it to, if it's a friend or as long as no money changes hands, it's okay. So be sure to uh, look into all of that before you start writing any checks. Uh, and, and, you know, we, did, we only talked to the one agency. We don't have a lot of point of references there. But the other thing to keep in mind is as much as they do what they can to help you, there's still an awful lot you're going to have to figure out when you're there. I mean, you don't have 24-7 someone by your side waiting to interpret things for you or show you how to live a daily life or things like that. So uh, you know, just be ready for anything and understand that you know, it's, it's still going to seem all more than worth it when you get home. It just is. Uh, I mean, we, we laugh about all this now. But it was anything but funny while it was all happening. Right. So it's perspective, right? It, it's something where <laughs> how badly do you want to have kids? Well, we were obviously willing to do a lot. Correct. And more than we had probably foreseen. But it, there was never, ever, ever even a thought of, well, forget this, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> it's just that it, it, that never ever arises, I wouldn't think, in anybody who's willing to do that in the first place. So don't worry about having second thoughts either. It's not going to happen. Plus, you know, for us, once we had them, we had twin newborns. We didn't have time to think about anything. <laughs> so we were quite busy being parents. So as we conclude here, let's talk a little bit about the book. When is the book going to be available, and how can individuals get uh, information on that? Well, I'm still talking to a couple of different publishers and deciding a pathway there, but it'll be out within the year. And it'll be available on Amazon regardless of, of how I go about doing it. There's a lot of intricacies here. It's my first real book, so to speak. I've been an online content writer and search engine guy for 15 years, so I've written a lot of things. But I'm new to the book industry, so I'm still learning that, but I'm getting a lot of interest. And I, I've not yet chosen a publisher, although I, I could any time. And, you know, I just keep an eye on my website because I'm going to keep everybody up to date on things through that. But definitely within a year, there will be something in store. Wonderful. And that website, again, is flipflopsinkiv.com, F-L-I-P-F-L-O-P, 
S-I-N-K-I-E-V.com. And we'll have a link to that inside uh, the show notes. Well, Jay, this has been enlightening and hopefully even helpful for those who might be considering taking a very similar path and uh, wishing you and your family the very best going forward and best luck with the book. Well, thank you very much for your time and for having me. It's always good to tell the story because there are, as you know, a lot of us out there that are looking for ways to make this happen, and this is just another way. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dale. If you've been trying to start your own family and haven't had success, you're not alone. Millions of people just like you are experiencing the same very personal and painful frustration. Infertility affects men and women equally. The Missouri Center for Reproductive Medicine, MCRM Fertility, can help. MCRM accepts most insurance and you don't need a referral. They offer the most advanced science and technology, including exclusive techniques and the embryoscope. Check them out at mcrmfertility.com. And that concludes Flip Flops in Kiev. We thank author Jay Nolt for spending two weeks with us to share his story on international surrogacy in the Ukraine. And Jay has said if you have any questions specifically that you would like to reach out to him with, please send those to us at questions at focusonfertility.net and we will be glad to send those on over to Jay to answer and respond back to you. And you can get even more insights and stories uh, that we couldn't cover in this podcast over the last couple of weeks by visiting his website and reading the blog at flipflopsinkiv.com and also be staying in tuned for his upcoming book, which will be released, as he had mentioned, over the next couple of months to year, and we will definitely also keep you up to date when that book becomes available to purchase. Well, until we can join up again next week, we hope you'll continue to follow us on all the major podcast sources, such as iTunes, TuneIn Radio Network, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Podcast One, and our website, FocusOnFertility.net, which we will have a link to Flip Flops and Kiev's website right there in the show notes. Otherwise, we're wishing you the very best on your fertility health until we join up again next week.